life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. This is the NLT. I think it's the uh, Passion Translation that sort of gives... One second. Ephesians 2. Because this is like the summary. Like Even when we're dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. That's part A. Part B, he now raised us up with Christ, which is like when you mature as a believer. He now raises you up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority. That's when we begin to understand our authority in Christ. And then we are now co-seated as one with Christ. Then through the coming ages, we will be the visible display of the end. So now God wants to advertise us. So the first part is talking about where we started from. We're dead in our, in our sins. And then he united us with Christ through grace. That's like the first stage of the Christian walk. Then we are seated with Christ where we begin to understand our authority as Christians. And then now God wants to make us the visible display of his infinite riches of his grace and kindness. You know, so I was reading that verse and it sort of summarizes the whole message of the Bible uh, for me. And when you look at Hebrews chapter 5 verse... 12 to 14 and in Hebrews 6 1 to 3 uh, it says for someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right now solid food is for those who are mature who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong now chapter 6 says so let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again let us go on in- instead and become mature in our understanding surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so God willing will move further or forward to further understanding. So what Paul was, or the writer of Hebrews was trying to say is, don't tell me we have to go back to the basic teachings of Christianity. Like by now you should have matured into you know being able to teach other people uh this word and so we wanted to start this bible study to sort of help sorry to sort of help christians build the proper foundation because i feel like there are a lot of christians who are building on nothing or they're building on the wrong foundation like we need to be able to know the basics of christianity so that we can build properly you know, in one of the Instagram videos I made, I said you need to, for, for you for you to build properly, you need to eat properly. You know, so we need to be able to have the proper foundation um, in order to live our lives. Because we, we see a lot of stories of Christians who backslide, who, you know, um, won the storms of life come and all of a sudden they are shaking to their core and then they leave the faith. You know, whenever that happens, it's an indicator that you didn't build right. Like the foundation wasn't... Um, correct and you know we are targeting mainly Christians who claim to be Christians and there's a reason for that because I feel like if Christians who claim to be Christians were actual Christians <laughs> then we would be the salt and light of the earth that God that God created us to be 
you know, we have a lot of Christians who claim to be Christians who are really unbelievers. And I was like that before, you know, seven years ago, uh, if, if I had a form to fill saying, are you a Christian? I would click Christian because that was what I identified with. But in reality, I only became a Christian seven years ago because being a Christian isn't about being born into a Christian family. It's about living the Christian values and principles, like living like Christ, you know? So if we had a lot of enough Christians who claim to be Christians act, become Christians, become actual Christians, then we can influence the world the way Jesus Christ intended us to do in um, uh, when, when he left us here on earth. Um, so that's the first reason why we're starting this Bible study. The second one is I feel like a lot of Christians understand the grace of God. Like we say it a lot, but I feel like we don't realize the significance of what grace actually means. Like what Jesus Christ came to do. We've accepted the man, that, that the man Jesus Christ came, but we haven't received the message that he brought. Or the message that he died to give us. You know, so that's another reason why we're starting this. And obviously the last reason is, um, obviously we're a marriage platform. We, we, we want to help people. Be, like single Christians prepare for marriage the right way um, and for us the first step is becoming truly born again the first step before you find whoever you want to get married to as a single person we believe that you know being genuinely born again and understanding the grace of God is the first step because that opens your eyes that's 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 that helps you uh, receive the seed that will produce the fruits that would help you have a successful marriage and will help you pick the right person. Obviously, if you're already married, because I know we have married people here already. Um, if you're already married, it's still the first step to, rest, to, to the restoration of your marriage. If you're not experiencing marriage the way God intended it for it to be, is you need to be genuinely born again because you, God needs a conduit in order to release heaven to earth. And your heart is that conduit. Your heart cannot transfer the blessings that it has if it hasn't been renewed in Christ. So this is very, 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 very important. Um, at this point, I just want us to sort of go around, introduce ourselves and sort of um, answer the question, you know, why are you attending this Bible study? What are your expectations so that we can sort of manage those expectations going um, forward? So um, yeah, just a quick introduction. Alexis, do you want to start? Thank you, Alexis. Appreciate it. Um, Chris, you want to go next? 
If Chris isn't available, Hello. okay, okay, go on. Yeah, thanks. Uh, okay, hi, I'm Chris from BBC. Um, so like I said before, joining in, I I had seen a lot of um, I'd seen a lot of what I say pretty useless um, <laughs> houses, and I was I was actually not impressed. It makes I saw this and I saw the people handling it. I was like, uh, this is where I belong. Um, I'm married. Um, I, I'm based in Lagos. I don't know if there's any other thing you want to know. Uh, just what uh, what were you looking to get from this Bible study? Basically, closeness to God mm. and connecting with people with like minds. Nice, nice. Okay, thanks. Thank you for sharing, Chris. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Funsho, you want to go next? Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Funsho. Um, Pretty much anytime you guys go online, I get this notification saying uh, you're speaking. So I just said, let me check in and see what it's about. And it's actually quite interesting, um, the intro you gave. Um, for me, what I, what I want to get out of this is it's pretty much uh, an insight. I mean, I can see the topic saying book of romance. Uh, sometimes you read these things and kind of think ah yeah i understand it or even maybe from your pastor mm. but you know with people in around the room there might be other perspectives as well and it would be nice to to hear from other people and learn and i think that's something we need to keep doing we need to keep having the attitude of learning uh, from others you know there's some you junk and there's some that will actually build you up so i'm mm. um, just here to thanks that's awesome thanks for sharing for sure appreciate it i'll say Hola. Hi everyone. Uh, my name is Ose. Uh, I literally just came to learn. So, I saw a book of romance and Bible study for young believers. You can never arrive when it comes to learning that. So, I came to learn. Yeah. And uh, I think I've been here before. So. Definitely. Uh, um, and I, I enjoyed my last conversation. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, Ose. Join you next. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Join, and I'm here in Maryland. Um, well, my reason for joining is Maryland, that... Lagos, Nigeria. As in? No, no, no. Um, America. Because <laughs> remember, you used to live in Maryland, Lagos, Nigeria. So I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> joking. So joking. Um, you know, apart from having the luxury of you know being your sister. <laughs> I, you know, I just want to have, you know, that the, the correct foundation mm. because you know the way we always rededicate our lives to God and, you know, they say, oh, just open the Bible and start somewhere without really giving you context and the foundation to build on. So you just end up backsliding. So I think I'm, I'm the person you were talking about in your introduction <laughs> where, you know, you don't, <laughs> you don't really understand the Bible and understand the principles and understand God. So that's why I'm here, just to have, you know, like-minded people and a community to grow with. And yeah, that's it. Thanks. Thanks, man, for sharing. Bookie. Hi, everybody. Um, my name is Bukola. I live in Lagos, Nigeria. Uh oh. 
I don't know, Clubhouse has been doing this thing where it just kicks you out. I think that's what happened there. Okay, while well, we wait for her to come in, uh, come back in. You see other people in the room, if you want to be a part of the conversation, um, I think you can just signify, I believe. Uh, yeah, Coco and Minekia. I hope I pronounced that right. Apologies if I didn't. But if you want to get on stage and share anything, please just indicate. Bookie, we have you back, okay? Huh? Did I think. You know, like, my introduction? No, I think Clubhouse kicked you out as, as soon as you started. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, sorry. My name is Bukovile. I love Bible study and I would, um, I'm here to um, get a better understanding of the word and also to hear other people's. Um, uh, understanding, yeah, fellowship is a better Awesome, awesome. Thank you. And, and then all your uh, thanks for sharing, everyone. I think everything you said is in line with exactly what we're trying to achieve with this. Um, we definitely want to get people closer to God. Uh, we want to build a community of believers that we can lean on and sort of feed off uh, to help grow us. You know, because I think I mentioned it in the video I did on Instagram where actually it was a post. So obviously we have a four-year-old and we have a soon-to-be one-year-old. It's going to be one years old on the 20th. So in three days time, right? And when they are playing, it's not like we, we always need to supervise them because the four-year-old wants to play four-year-old play with the one-year-old and obviously it can be very dangerous if there's no one supervising so it's the same way with believers as well if you're a new believer and you start hanging out with mature believers you know even though it can have positive a positive effect on you it could also discourage you as well because when you have um situations where you need help they might be giving you ss3 or phd solutions when you're adjusting gss1 you know so obviously having a community of like minds you know can help you grow at a similar pace at the same time and this is going to be a very interactive session even we are still learning as well so it's not going to be a we are here to teach kind of thing we are here to learn together so it's going to be a very interactive um, session. So just to sort of introduce Romans, um, if you saw the Instagram video that um, we released last week, like I was reading Ephesians 1 and for some reason it just stood out. Like I was trying to, like I've been talking to my sister a lot the past few weeks and uh, we've been reading this book, The Believer's Authority by, uh, is it Kenneth Hagin, I believe? The book is right here hold on yeah kenneth hagen and he was talking about how when he read ephesians the prayers in there he started praying for about six months and all of a sudden when he started reading the bible again things started to jump off the page like he was asking for wisdom and understanding and all and it feels like god just released it into his life based on those prayers so i started to study ephesians but i started ephesians chapter one i wanted to go to chapter two and for some reason the holy spirit was like read it again so I'll read it again, I'll get some more insights, and I want to move to Ephesians 2, and he's like, no, read it again. And I'm like, yo, we, we have six chapters to go, man. Let's, let's, let's get, you know, let's, let's finish this thing. 
but obviously i think i was reading for the fifth time and then ephesians 1 just came came alive it says this letter is from paul chosen by the will of god to be an apostle of christ jesus i'm writing to god's holy people in ephesus who are faithful followers of christ jesus and for the first time it's it just meant something different it made me realize that paul was writing this letter to mature christians now if you're a new believer and you read this it may not be the right you may not get what you're supposed to get from it because it wasn't written to you this was written to people who have already received jesus christ they are trying to become like him they are disciples and are trying to live like him you know so he was writing this letter to them so in my mind i'm thinking okay so as a new believer what letter has been written to us so that we can read this thing and digest it properly so that we can grow properly and set the right foundation uh and so the book of romans um came into my mind because obviously i've read the book of romans and it's it's like a masterpiece like it's one of paul's greatest letters because he breaks everything down he gives a summary of the whole bible and the reason why jesus christ came you know the impact it was supposed to make where we were before christ came where we are with christ and then where we are after christ left so I felt a leading uh, through the Holy Spirit to do a Bible study on the book of Romans where, you know, people who need to set up that foundation with Christ can come and study and understand the reason why Jesus Christ came, the grace of God, you know, and so that we can be fully believers and fully genuinely born again kind of thing, right? So um for this session i don't know how long it's going to be we're hoping it's going to be for an hour an hour and a half tops it's just an introduction to the bible study but i really want us to um focus on romans 1 16 verse 16 to verse 17 can someone please open that up and please read it to us please okay um so romans chapter 1 verse 16 to 17 it says for I am not ashamed of this good news. I'm reading from new um, NLT, New Living Translation. Perfect. So Perfect. It says, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. The Jew first, also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scripture says, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Perfect. Thank you, Alexis. Um, Sorry, I'm I'm moderating this with my wife, Ogale. Babe, do you have anything to share before we go on? No, just just go. Okay. Thanks. All right. So the first question, because this is going to be a, like, we'll just start off with a question and then we want to get your inputs and then we'll go into the scripture to see what it's actually saying. Um, first question is, how do you know you are saved? As Christians, how do we know we are saved? Anyone can answer. Yep, go on, please. I think, I think, um, because of the death of Jesus Christ, he redeemed us. That is, first of all, how we know we are saved before confessing it with our mouths. Okay, yeah, thank that's you. That's what I think. Uh-huh. Sure. Okay, let me, let me, actually, maybe, let me rephrase the 
question. Thinking, just think about yourself now. Do you hundred percent believe Jesus Christ were to come right this moment? Do you think, or if the trumpet should sound, or however you want to say, like right this moment, that you will make heaven? If yes, why? If no, why? The question is for everybody. Um, well, for me, I already, I know it's a no because I feel like I've I, I've not I don't have a full understanding of why God died for my sins, like what Jesus died for my sins, like, mm-hmm. and I feel that is the gospel of what is of His death and His resurrection is for everyone to understand grace. And I feel like yes, I know the concept of grace. I understand there's grace, but I am. I'm not living in full realization of what that actually means, mm. and and I feel like that is that is is not God's plan, and that is not not what God wants. He wants us to live in realization of His of grace, and I feel like I'm not doing that. So I, I, I yeah, that's my that's my opinion. Okay, thanks for sharing. Okay. Thanks for sharing. I'll also say no, because I feel like some days of this certain season of trials I go through, um, I, be, I behave like an unbeliever. Hmm. Okay, thanks Thanks for sharing. I, I hear everyone. Um, well... Uh, I won't say for certainty that I, I'm going to make it as uh, as I am right now because we do all have our shortcomings and we fall short of what God or who God wants us to be. But sometimes um, I think we're always we're kind of hard on ourselves. Um, I'm, I don't think the original design was for us to be like perfect people. Mm. Um, I think it's it's the journey and God actually sees our hearts. Mm that actually I think counts. I, I don't know. So this, like I said, joining this forum, I want to learn from other people. But my own experience of Christianity is that it's not only for the righteous. It's not only for the certain class of people who keep who keep the rules, who, who follow the rules to a T. Because I know my life has been so far. So many things have happened and I just don't deserve it. But he keeps showing up for me, keeps showing up for my family. So um, sometimes I think we're hard on ourselves. Um, I know he sees our hearts. I mean, I think it was last 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 month where I read uh, the book of, uh, I think, First Kings, Second Kings. Anyways, the story of David. And David was, I mean, what you'd call in today's age a major player. You know, I was joking with my wife the other day and I said, if there was Instagram during David's time, you probably just scroll up on Instagram and see one hot baby and just chat up in DM. And but God loved this guy. God loved him. And I think it's the it was his heart, his heart for God that made him 
love daily that much. So anyways, let me not run too much, but I just think sometimes I think we're too hard on ourselves. Um, we should just always have a good intention that God, I love you. I'm sorry for everything I've done. Um, please forgive me. And and I think if the world were to end today, we shouldn't just think that we're not going to make it. Thanks. Thank you, Finshaw. Thanks for sharing that. Anybody else? Um, for me, I would say yes, I would go heaven. Not ready for bed. And uh, the reason I say that is because I just believe that, I mean, John, I believe that uh, the most important thing is believing and accepting that um, God sent Jesus to die for us. And after that, it's now about you being intentional about your work with God. I mean, God knows that we are humans and we will sin. And I don't think he, he expects us to be perfect. So that's why there's grace and mercy and all of that. So I think it's mainly about believing, truly. And it's not just you just say you believe. I mean, God knows our heart. He knows our heart. So he knows the ones, the people that actually believe. And this belief is this faith, basically. Um, so yes, believing and accepting and then being intentional about your work with God and your time on earth. Thanks for sharing, Bukola. I appreciate it. Anybody else? Because it's, it's a lot of the responses you guys are giving very, very deep very very good responses because i can definitely relate to it um i know when i gave my life to christ i for some reason it felt like i'd heard a new message it wasn't a message that i've been hearing all my life right and so i remember going to meet one of my friends who had you know this person was working in church um Apparently, she said she had been praying for me to be saved. You know, she's one of those people that every time she sees me, is like, we were like, you know, aren't you going to be a proper Christian? Aren't you going to come to church? Aren't you? you know, so when I went to her and I'm like, how come you guys didn't tell me that this is what Jesus Christ did for me? And by the time I explained it to her, I realized it was the first time she was hearing the message too. So I feel like there are a lot of Christians today who... And this is why we're doing this, to be honest. Um, we don't fully grasp what Jesus Christ did. And I know when I initially gave my life to Christ, sorry, our son is trying to sleep. Making noise. I know when I initially gave my life to Christ, like one of the questions that I'll ask seasoned church goers is, you know, what's the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament? Because that word testament actually means covenant or agreement. So it means when you're reading the Bible, there are two parts. There's the old agreement and then there's the new agreement. There's the old way that God used to deal with us and then there's a new way that God deals with us now. So I, I went to over a hundred, it was like I was doing a PhD because I was just doing research because I wanted to understand like how come the message I'm hearing, I don't feel like people have heard it and this is what the, the gospel is. So I went to over a hundred Christians, everyone that I would see in church, I'll just ask what's the difference between the Old Testament and New Testament. Um, how do you make heaven as a Christian? And it was sad because less than 10 people 
gave me the answer to that question. And so that was what, because when we're still in Nigeria, we actually had a Bible study as well called 10-4, where this was what we were doing with it as well, helping reveal the grace of God to people. You know, so this is something similar um, uh, to, to it. So just like I said, like what everybody has said is relatable to me because one of my questions back then was, you know, people like Pastor Adeboe who, you know, we know that these guys are holy and everything. I'm like, if God comes back today and is today that he decides to call somebody an idiot or a foolish person, like, you know, does that cancel his salvation? And in my mind, I'm like, if someone like that can still not make heaven because he's not perfect, then who am I? You know, I might as well just live this life to the fullest and go and suffer my, my faith in hell. You know, there's no point suffering in, in, on earth trying to keep the law and then you don't still make the heaven. You go, let me just enjoy this earth properly. And that was what led to my rebellion um, when I was still in the world. And, you know, I gave my life to Christ multiple times. But I would always backslide because there was this feeling of I had to be perfect. And I, and, and I sense that in what everybody is saying um, right now. You know, this, this feeling of perfection. But, you know, when you really think about it, like, what did Jesus Christ come to do then? Like, if, if he died and he still expects us to be perfect, then what was the purpose of him dying? But anyway, I'm just going to pause that for now. Does anybody else want to share? I want to read something. Okay. I actually want to read um, Ephesians 2, 8. And I'm going to read it in the Amplified version. Sorry, please ignore ignore my um, companion in the background. <laughs> For by grace, God's remarkable compassion and favor drawing you to Christ. Sorry, for it is by grace, God's remarkable compassion and favor drawing you to Christ that you have been saved, actually delivered from judgment and giving eternal life through faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, not through your own efforts, but it is the undeserved, gracious gift of God. Um, I should probably... Okay, let me just read nine as well. Not as a result of your works, nor your attempts to keep the law so that no one will be able to boast or take credit in any way for his salvation. I just wanted to sort of like leave that with us as, um, as we're building on the foundation. I think that is a very important, um, principle in quotes to have in mind, because really that is the foundation. This, I think this going to heaven thing was something that, um, like Muiwa said, that he asked a lot of people about. And I feel like we as Christians, we're so focused on our ability to do. There is definitely a place for work. There is a purpose for work, but it is not that work that sort of like gets you to heaven. It is purely a function of grace. Because if we're going to say works, what about somebody that gives his life to Christ just before he dies? He has not amassed any work mm. to be able to work his way um, to heaven. So it is purely a thing of grace based on faith. Mm, thanks for that. It reminds me of the uh, thief on the right hand of, of Jesus Christ when he was about to die. Like, what did he do, you know, to 
to uh to amass his works that would get him into heaven thanks for sharing that babe dia uh, i saw you i saw you muted your mic did you want to say something um yeah i actually did okay just i had the passage open ready to read oh it. she pretty <laughs> much said it all oh, no it's okay the spirit is one she pretty much just said it all because um i i've had a struggle with myself for the longest time like will i make it to heaven but um i'll just touch on two different topics i'll touch on grace and i'll touch on um salvation in itself. Mm. Now we know that we look at the principle of yes, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But we should be weary while saying that because people believe that it's okay to sin because we've fallen short of the glory and then they use grace as an excuse mm. to continue in sin. But um, the same Bible says, shall we continue in sin that grace might found, God forbid. So when we speak of the grace of God, we say God's grace is sufficient for us. For each and every one of us. But if you go, um, I just want to, I'll be everywhere. <laughs> just pardon me. <laughs> Romans 10, 9 says, If you openly declare that Jesus um, is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, one thing, openly declaring. Now, for those who have integrity, if you openly declare something, you will stand by it. Mm. So declaring that Jesus is Lord is one thing. Standing by that open declaration means living right, means not taking the grace for granted. Now, I believe that I'm saved, but do I sin every now and again? Yes. But that's why you have the Holy Spirit there who convicts you, who directs you. Because most times we have like, we're at war with ourselves. You have the spirit man and you have the flesh. And most times you find out that the things, I don't know whether it was Apostle Paul or Peter said, that said, the things that I want to do, I find myself unable to do them. Mm-hmm. And the things that I do not want to do, I find myself doing them. So what am I saying? Like um, Ogale pointed out, it's not by what, it's not by your works. If, you, if it's left to just all of us, we can't make heaven. But that's why we have the Holy Spirit there that guides us, that directs us. And the Bible says, if your conscience does not judge you, God is greater than your conscience. If your conscience is not smeared, you will always know the difference between right and wrong. Even when you do wrong, you will not justify it. Because we live in an age where people justify what they do and give sin a pet name. Like, um, things, how I put the things that were initially frowned upon are now celebrated, and things that were celebrated are now frowned upon. So I think it's just drawing the line Knowing the difference between right and wrong. Personally, to answer the question directly, do I know if I will make heaven? I hope so. I believe so. Because I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died and rose again. And I believe that I've been saved. But, am I a sinner? Yes. Do I, am I comfortable in sin? No. Do I enjoy sin? Honestly? Sometimes, sometimes I'll tell a lie and it feels good, but the next minute I feel so bad, so horrible for that lie that I've told. So I just think it's drawing the line, being sensitive to the voice and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And one thing, we always have two voices in our head. It's just to know the difference when it's actually the voice of the Holy Spirit, when your mind is telling you what to do. Because sometimes you would really want to do something, you've made up your mind to do it, and you hear a voice and you say, oh no, that's the Holy Spirit. To get the difference, to draw the line, to be in sync, in oneness with the Holy Spirit. And I believe that even everyone that has spoken that feels they can't make heaven. Don't be too hard on yourself. If you see, like, I don't know who mentioned it, all the people that God used in the Bible, they were smeared. 
God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Most times we might feel inadequate. And that's a good thing. Because the Bible says, don't think too highly of yourself. Let he that thinks he's standing, take it less before. So it's good that everybody thinks, oh, I'm not really standing. It means you're all taking heed. But don't be too hard on yourself because God is merciful. But then again, don't take grace for granted. When a dispensation where people say, oh, don't condemn her, don't judge, don't do this. Oh, she has a right, he has a right. Oh, we should be sensitive. Once we have declared Jesus as the Son of God, we should stand by our word and stand by our integrity. Thank you. Thanks, Dea. Fantastic. Um, oh, God, did you want to say something? I saw that you unmuted your mic. Yes, I actually want to say something. I joined the, t- um, the group a li- room a little bit late, but f- so far from what I've heard other people say, um, share, I I want to start by just, you know, addressing a little thing um, Joy in said earlier on as regards to not coming to terms yet what grace or, you know, the whole concept of grace and, you know, I'm putting it in my way, uh, my own understanding. Um, maybe perhaps the need to believe in what Christ has done. What is so special about, you know, accepting Christ? What exactly um, is grace all about? Like I was someone who was also thinking that direction some years ago. You know, I was able. I was not able to come to terms. What is that unique thing? You know, I felt like somebody can die for someone. Let me put it that way. So I couldn't understand what was really special about Christ dying for us. Like, we've heard of parents, you know, you see uh, people taking um, bullets for people and all that. You know, uh, parents, you know, doing, sacrificing their, their lives for their children, to spare their children's life and all that. So I kept asking myself, what is this thing? What is so special? You know, when you say no man can die for any man and all that. But we've heard stories about men and women, um, you know, dying for others, you know. And I couldn't come to terms what, what is special about that. But in all honesty, there was just one thing as a um, then that I believed in was the fact that I knew that Christ was just the right place to be. And I wanted to be there, but I needed that understanding. I needed to have a personal reason, you know, about not just because people are saying these things, but because I have my own personal story. I have my own personal conviction about why I should be here and why I should hold on fame. I want to be able to say it and mean it, not because someone has been, has said it with good, um, you know, let's put it this way, somebody has been able to pass the message with good examples and um, stories and all that, but because I had a personal conviction. So apparently I started praying. I asked the Holy Spirit that I needed a personal conviction. I want to be able to kneel down to pray and connect with God at a different level. And then I had the privilege to read the the first five books of the Old Testament. Uh, that's Genesis, Exodus, um, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And I would encourage you to do that if you have the opportunity to. And um, if you go through the story of Moses and the children of Israelites, you will find out that there was so much that was required for atonement of sins. You know, you could see stories about bringing um, goats, um, sheep, um, flowers, the way they should kill them, how they should eat them, 
way they should do this and do that and all that. The um, the tabernacles of the meeting, tabernacle of atonement, and so many things. And how difficult it was also for the people of Israel, like as at that time, to you know bring come to terms with all those things. And one story stood out for me when God descended on Mount Sinai. I was um, the the day was to give uh, Moses the Ten Commandments. He said something. He said, tell the people not to come close to the mountain at all. They shouldn't come close to the mountain because if they come, they will die. I thought it was so harsh. Why would God say people will die? But, you know, along the line, the Spirit of God revealed to me that this is because of God's personality. Okay? It's not because God wants to kill you, but He's holy. This is God's nature. And if you are sinful and you try to come closer, it's just His nature and He cannot reduce His standard because of you. And then it dawned on me, okay, I get it now. So it's actually God's love for him to say they shouldn't come closer because he knows they're sinners. He knows that when they come closer, there's nothing in in the presence of God. Light and darkness has nothing in common. And he gave that command to Moses. And Moses told the children of Israel not to come close to the mountain. And then I continued to read through, and I found out that there was so much. In fact, I, I said to myself one day, um, after reading uh, part of the book of Leviticus, I said to myself, thank God I was not born in the days of Israelites, that I was not there, because I don't even understand how these people coped with most of these things. It was quite a difficult thing. Little wonder the Bible says that no man can please God. There is no way. This is the most holy person, Jesus said to the disciple, since 70 times, seven times. So we can't please God. It takes God's grace. It takes the blood of Christ. And thank God Jesus came to fulfill the law because we couldn't fulfill fulfill the law. It was impossible for us to do that. Mm -hmm. And then it dawned on me that the blood of Christ was not just a human blood. It was a divine blood. It is God's spoken word becoming man. And fulfilling the laws for us that we may have the opportunity to be called called sons and daughter of God, of God. And it, be, it started coming clearer to me. I began I began to understand the 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 sacrifice that Jesus paid. I began to understand that the children of Israel Israel had, had to kill two or three goats each time the sin. They had to do a lot of you know keep a, do a lot of sacrifice and all that just to. Atone for their sin for a moment. Like when I say a moment, I mean for a specific sin. It wasn't enough to sustain them for so long. It was just for that purpose. And in some cases, they had to die. People who spoke against Moses, people who stood against him and all that. God was that jealous about his own. And then it dawned on me why the blood of God, Christ, was unique. It was divine. It was an immaculate conception. It was not like the normal thing we know. And then it became clearer. So I'm just going to encourage you to read the Bible, especially the first five books, and understand that put yourself in the shoes of the people of Israelite. Understand first what they had to do to atone for their individual sins, 
and ask the Holy Spirit to give you a clearer picture, to open the eyes of your understanding, and you will begin to have your personal conviction, which is very important for every Christian, to have a personal conviction of the person of the Spirit of Christ. Now, coming to answer the question that talks about how do you know if you are saved? I think it's like so many of us have already shared, it's all about accepting Christ and doing that which God wants us to do. We are striving to be perfect. We are not perfect. We're still living in the human flesh, even though we are not of this world. And the most important thing is that whenever you fall to sin, you rise up as soon as possible. However, that doesn't mean that we should continue to sin because grace abound. I yield my mic at this moment. Thank you. Thanks, Ogo. Appreciate it. That's, yeah, that was, that was really good. There are a lot of things that you said, even things that Dia said as well, um, that sort of struck, uh, stood out for me. Dia, when you said, you know, um, because I had this challenge as well, you know, if you have grace, how do you not misuse it? And I feel like when you truly understand grace, you cannot take it for granted. And I feel like that is why we are doing this Bible study because we want to help people understand what Jesus Christ did. If all you hear is, oh, Jesus Christ just died for my sins and, and whatnot. Like what August said, like she has heard of people dying. I think the difference, what makes Jesus different is that he died for his enemy. Which is, nobody in their right minds would do that. You can die for someone you love. If my son is, if, if someone is about to attack my son, I can give my life for my son. No problem. I love him. But to give my life for a terrorist, someone who is, is a known murderer, who has killed millions of people, and I now willingly give my life for that person, that is different. That makes it a, a different scenario. That is what makes Jesus, he said he died for us even when we were yet sinners. That is the difference maker. The moment you are able to understand, I feel like, and we're going to get to this in a second, but actually, don't, don't let's go, go ahead of ourselves. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But that is what makes the, the death of Jesus Christ different, you know. And I feel like a lot of us don't realize how bad we are. Like what August said, like when you think of the, uh, uh, the, the days of the Israelites, like God telling the, the Israelites to come to the mountain and they couldn't come near. Yes, because God is holy and is perfect. You know, imperfection cannot come close to that holiness. So what did Jesus Christ do? And this was another question that I asked a lot of Christians back then is, John 3.16, what does it say? It feels like we haven't even fully grasped what the most popular verse in the Bible is saying or said. John 3.16, it says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him, not everybody who keeps the law perfectly, everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Now, verse 17 is the one that nobody even goes to, but check this out. It says, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Think about that. Like every time we, we fall short, we're like, oh, has God even, ah, maybe I've lost my salvation, maybe I've done this. But 
John 3, 17 says, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Now, this is what Jesus Christ, uh, this is what God did. God said, I'm on this mountain. My children cannot come to me because I'm a holy God and I cannot reduce my standard because of them. Okay, so they, like, let, me, let, me, let me create a plan that would help me to be able to, or to help my children come to me without the fear or without them dying in my presence. So what did he do? He sent Jesus Christ to the world. And Jesus Christ had to live the perfect life. He's the only one who has ever done it. The, the life that we want to live, that we're always, you know, um, getting angry with ourselves when we fall short. He sent Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ lived the life we're supposed to live. He now died a death that we were supposed to die. And because he lived that perfect life and died for the things that he was not supposed to, because literally it was it was false accusation, like they killed an innocent man. But the way God created this world is if there's someone who is perfect that dies, then he now becomes the atonement for the sins of those who are still sinners. Right? So God is on the mountain saying, these people cannot get to me. How do I get them to be able to relate with me without dying? He then comes down as a perfect person. And then he's saying that if you believe in my son, Jesus Christ, because when you become saved, you now, you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So you are in Christ. So God sees you through Jesus. So the only way we can come to God is to be in Christ. And I know the, the, the biggest challenge is how do I know that I am in Christ? And the best way to describe that, I know that there was a difference when I got married to my wife. Like before that, I could have had several experiences and maybe forget. But there's no way you can forget that you are married. There's no way you can forget that you're giving birth to a child because there, there, there's an experience behind that situation. So when you have Christ come and live in you, there's a knowing that comes with it. And if you don't have that knowing, you cannot, um, you cannot have that assurance or the confidence that you will make heaven. And that's why we are doing this, because we want you to have that knowing. When I gave my life to Christ, everything changed. Like, I knew that I was a new person. Someone mentioned it here that, you know, if you sin, you try to get out of it quickly. It's like the sheep and the pig. You know, a pig, when it enters dirt, it plays inside the dirt. But the moment it's a sheep that does the same thing, it's not a dirty animal, so it, it tries to come out immediately because that is not who I am anymore. Your nature changes. You know, so don't worry if you don't feel like that yet. It is a process of understanding. So hopefully, you know, do, uh, through this Bible study, you, you'll be able to get that understanding and the Holy Spirit will, will, will help you get that encounter that, that you need. Thanks for sharing, Ogo. Thanks for sharing, um, Dia. Okay, she's not here. Does anybody else want to share? So I'm going to step out for a moment now, okay? Okay, no problem. Thanks, Oko. Anybody else? How do you know you're saved? Or is there anything that anybody has said that struck out that you want to sort of touch on? 
Bib, nothing? Don't share anything? Okay, so if, if nobody has anything to share, um, I guess the next question now is, because Romans 1, the, the verse that we read, says, I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. Now, if this good news saves everyone who believes, then what is stopping people from believing it? Why do you think it is hard for people to believe this message? It's open to everyone. Okay, dear ones, I'll go after her. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it's hard for people to believe the message. I think it's unpopular for people to believe the message. Mm. And we're in an age where um, social media and popular opinion pretty much drives the weeds. Everybody wants to do what is popular. Nobody wants to do what is right. And um, like I said earlier, it. If you don't stand for anything, for something, you'll fall for anything. And um, let's just say the Christians have to do more. Because Christianity has been watered down. So a lot of things have been welcomed into the Christendom. And by Christianity, I mean the lifestyle. It's been watered down. It's been compromised, for lack of a better way to say it. So people see what is wrong and do it and say they are still Christians and they are still saved. Mm. So it's very hard to decipher or to tell, oh, where is the line between right and wrong? Because you know the Bible says that in the end of time, people will be mocked and ridiculed just for believing in Christ. And that's exactly what is going on now. So people do not want to be mocked or ridiculed. People do not want to come out openly and declare that they serve God. If... I'll give you an example. You put something about Jesus Christ on the internet, you get two likes. You put something about um, what is happening and some twerking, and you will get 15,000 likes. So everyone wants to be seen as being socially, morally, societally correct, as opposed to biblically and, for lack of a better word, Jesusically correct. Let's just put it that way. Thank you. Uh, if the good news is supposed to save everyone who believes, then what is stopping people from believing it? Um, for me, I think one of the things is people don't like, or some people rather, don't like uh, to be bound by rules, regulations, laws. I remember in the last... Um, um, meeting we had, um, I said something about um, people, you know, saying, saying ah, Christianity is difficult, it's hard, you know, there's plenty, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that, and don't do this. Meanwhile, I mean, God, God just put all of those things there to help us, because really it doesn't affect him. Mm. So, yes, I think, I mean, people are just like, why would someone tell me not to do this? Why would someone tell me not to do that? And then some other people might just be, um, you know, many people want a quick fix, you know. If you are a Christian, you have to be ready to be patient. I mean, God answers for 
as I'm sitting down to you, I have like four different different Bibles in front of me because I just want to fully understand because I'm building that relationship for myself mm. out of understanding the understanding of God's love. Not what one pastor preached one Sunday to make me try and see because I feel the Bible can be interpreted differently to different people. So it's like, why listen? To, why not discover for yourself? So I feel that is part of the reason why you know the gospel is people are not accepting of it because they 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 feel like they have to go to a pastor or they feel like it's not it's not relatable. Hmm. Yeah, that's my point of view. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing. Anybody else? Because I, I think I want us to focus more on the like why because. For someone like me now, who lived a terrible, sinful life, when I was in that world, I believed I was doing the right thing. I believed I was living the right way. Even though I knew that, yeah, some of the things I was doing wasn't... But when you are blind, you think what you see is right. But all of a sudden, when my eyes opened, I could see that everything I was doing was wrong. And so I'm like, what changed? Because I'm like, like, and literally, what the only thing that changed was that my eyes opened. So, just like what Joanne said, like a lot of these religious activities are keeping us blinded. Meanwhile, the good news is there to open our eyes. Chisom, you had something to say? Yeah, I have something to say. I think, okay, one of the other reasons why the gospel is not very believable that's for unbelievers it's because of the different narratives flying around Mm. and most of that has to do with we who are believers i mean for you to believe in god the holy spirit has to convict you and then for that to happen there has to be like a driving force let me put it like that like Something has to happen. Maybe you probably go to a church and then the pastor is just preaching randomly and then he applies to you and you're like, oh, God is talking to me today. I'm going to believe in this God. Or you have like an accident and you almost die and you're like, this God saved my life. So I think it's time for me to start believing in him. And then there, there are times like, of course, God said, beware of false prophets and all that people go to churches with something in their minds, I'm here to believe. And then it's it's bad that you find yourself in the wrong place where the pastors are not actually preaching the gospel. Mm. They are saying things that shouldn't be. And then you start to doubt, are these people even serious? Today, this one will say this one, today, this one will say this one. And we say the Bible is one. Of course, there are many interpretations, but I think they should be in line with each other so all of these different narratives flying around some people do that for their personal benefits you know all of these people who are just after the money preaching prosperity you don't really want to tell us what happens when you sin and why you have to live your life um staying away from sin it's just about money 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 and then there's another church you go to and then this pastor is telling you, okay, for the wages of sin is death, you actually have to repent. And then you find people saying things like, ah, in this church every time, they're always preaching about how you're going to die. 
But in that church, when I go, they tell me how rich I'm going to become if only I can sow a seed hmm. and this or that. So it makes people doubt. And there's something in our human nature, it's very, very easy. It's not easy to live by rules. So it's very easy to find potholes in something you don't believe in. Mm. For example, if there's a room made today in Nigeria and it doesn't favor me, I'll now say, okay, so what about the people that when they don't do this, this will happen? What about these people? Like that. So it's very easy. That's why people go as far as, you know, going to say, okay, if Eve had just... um. At um, Cain and Abel, where the other people come from, I thought um, they were all brothers and sisters. How did they? How did we get so many people in the world? This and that. I thought it's a crime for you to have incestuous relationships. People go as far ahead to prove that okay, this Bible may be wrong, and we were just reading because we are claim we are following God blindly. So I think one of the reasons this happens is because some of the believers, okay, in quotes, unbelievers, because if you're a believer, you'll be truthful about what God has to say. So it's for some of the people posing as believers, it makes it difficult to bring other people to God because of the lies we tell and then because of the things we say to suit our own narrative or to make this particular set of people happy. We don't want to say the truth as it is. So thank you. Thanks, Jason. That was that was awesome. Also, did you want to say something? Um so I was trying to answer your question though. Um because I, at first initially I thought you were referring to in terms of people, in terms of believers and all that. But I guess you're referring to um Unbelievers, yeah. Unbelievers or unbelievers, believing unbelievers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I would say this, yeah. Um, it's not new. It's always been just the same in terms of when you see Isaiah, he speaks about the fact that um, the people that didn't necessarily want to turn to God. So you see a loving father. Um, but I will read this way in terms of um, Isaiah 65. I was ready to respond, but no one asked for help. The Lord says, I was ready to respond, but no one asked for help. I was ready to be found, but no one was looking for me. I said, here I am. Here I am, to a nation that did not call on my name. All day long, I opened my arms to a rebellious people. So it says, in the Greek version, that part, it says, I was found by people who were not looking for me. Hmm. I showed myself to those who were not asking for me. All day long, I opened my arms to them, but they were disobedient and rebellious. But they followed their own evil paths and their own crooked schemes. All day long, they insult me to my face by worshipping idols in their sacred gardens. They burn incense on pagan altars. Um, Isaiah is an interesting place to read. One thing I've learned in terms of, like, when you're reading the Bible, um, the Old Testament, people try to say, oh, just focus. No, the Old Testament is actually the word of God because then John and all that were preaching based on the Old Testament. So it's, if you look at it in detail, you see what's happening now is not new was even happening in the past. So I would say people are blind. Do you understand? So it's not like they don't hear it. They hear the gospel. You understand? Mm-hmm. But it's just that. I would say there's a part in scripture kind of something like um, their eyes are blind in terms of veil or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. 
um, prince of this world or whatever has blinded their eyes. So it's more like foolishness in that sense. Because even Isaiah says, um, people think they're intelligent, but the foolishness of, as in, people think they are wise and everything, but however, it's foolishness in the sight of God in that sense. So I would say it's all based on rebellion, blindness. You understand what I'm saying? And um, um, disobedience in that place. And then I would also say, yeah, I can't remember which party was in scripture. God wanted a relationship with them. But they said, you should go. You should go up and do the talking. You understand? They were not interested yeah, in a relationship. You understand? So if you read through all those parts, it's not me. Even the yeah, it's not ready to sleep. Like they know the word and all that and everything, but they don't. Yeah, hey, yeah, but... You understand? And they tell us to be careful of the leaven of the Pharisees. So it's more like... um. Um, the Pharisees were more like, um, would I say religious people? Not that, but just like hypocrites or whatever. They knew the word, but it's more like they were blind in that sense and all that. And they were not necessarily based on the word. So going to, if I was to answer that for unbelievers, I would say based on Isaiah 65 in terms of blindness and, um, and disobedience and unbelief in that sense, I would put it in that way. You understand? So going their own courts in that sense, I'm not sure you want to do God. Mm. Um, so it's more like if one not, there's free will. It's not, you, you cannot, as much as there's sovereignty of God, you cannot erase the responsibility of people in that sense. So then if I'm to go to um, Romans, because I was reading was it Romans 10, the part Romans 9 that says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You know that part. Before then, it's saying something similar to what um, Isaiah was saying. Um, sorry, guys, I would, I don't want to lose you and all that. So it's saying something. It was saying, um, um, I'm just reading and then I'll stop because I don't want to talk too much. Um, for Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all its commands. <laughs> but faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart, who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to earth? And don't say who will go down to the place of the dead to bring, bring Christ back to life again. In fact, it says, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And the, mes- the message is that is the very message about faith that we preach. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So this is the message of salvation. Yeah. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So it's more like believing in your heart and declaring your mouth that you are saved. Yeah. Anyone who will trust in him will never be disgraced. I'm just there's a part I'm just trying to read. Just to answer the initial first question and all that, I'm just I'm just trying to go down something you guys can read later. Um, yes, so this is what I'm going to, yeah, because you're saying faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God on one part. But and he said, um, well, not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? So what I had read initially, and he now said, so faith comes by hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ. By heart, as the people of Israel actually heard the message, yes, they have. The message has gone throughout the earth and the words of the, all the world. By heart, did the people of Israel really understand? Yeah, yes, they did. 
even in the time of Moses. Yeah. I'm coming, I'm coming. Go. But, so okay, it goes okay. back and talks about I was found by people who were not asking for me. I showed myself to those who are not asking for me. You understand? All day long, I opened my arms to them, but they were disobedient and rebellious. Come so on, that's, mommy, that's where I see it from my own point in terms of blindness, you understand? And disobedient and rebellion, you understand what I'm saying? Mm. Even when you look at someone like um, um, Pharaoh, where it's a case of a hardened heart, mm. you understand? And he making himself to become a god in some sense that you understand he can do whatever he wants and Wait, what's he doing so i just believe because remember when they say you have to believe in your heart and stuff like that hardness of hearts and disobedience and blindness if that makes sense thank thank you also when you were speaking what came to my mind is that one major thing is i think and um, one of the major things for me was understanding the definition of good from God's perspective. Because I feel like a lot of us, you would hear a lot of people say, oh, um, I think I'll make heaven because I'm a good person. Um, I do good things. You know, I give, I help the poor, I do X, Y, Z, I don't cheat, I don't do this. And they feel like because they are good, quote-unquote, people, that they would be able to enter heaven. Well, you just mentioned something in Isaiah where you said uh, something about obedience, like being completely obedient or something like that. But similar verses in James, James 2.10 says, For the person who keeps all of the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. That was the one that hit me because I was like, there's no, there's, there's like, like, no matter how good I am, they, I would at least break one law daily, at least one. And the Bible is telling me that if I break one, then I'm as guilty as breaking all. And a typical real-life example, a practical example would be, say someone like, oh, look, look at Bill Gates, who has been known for philanthropy, entrepreneurship. He has helped the world in an amazing way. All of a sudden, we find out that you know he's doing stuff He's getting a divorce based on whatever. Let's even leave that. Let's say he mistakenly kills somebody. When you go to the court, the judge doesn't say, Oh, Bill, man, you gave us Microsoft. You gave us connectivity to the internet. You gave us philanthropy. You've helped solve polio in Africa. You know what? You deserve a second chance. So I'm just going to wipe off everything. Like, just wipe off this murder conviction that is currently pending. And based on your good works, will just let you go. That wouldn't even happen in real life. And I feel like that is what God was is trying to tell us that this sin that you have in your life, right? It is how like I won't say unpardonable sin, but whatever you have in your life, like when there's sin in your life, you are it's like you are guilty of murder. And no matter whatever good deeds you've done in the past, it's not enough to erase this one thing that you've done. You know, and um, think like I said, like I feel like people, their definition of good is based on the way the dictionary defines it, not based on what God or how God, because God requires us to be perfect, not good. Which is why, and when you think of the Old Testament, like the whole, and the Holy Spirit revealed this to me a few years ago, like the whole, the, the only reason why God gave us the law was so that we would accept it. Because he knew that we would not be able to keep the entirety of the law. He wanted us to attempt to keep this law so that 
at some point you'll be like, man, I need a savior because I cannot do this by myself. That is the sole reason why Jesus Christ came because we couldn't do it by ourselves. So he came in flesh so that he could keep the law on our behalf. And by us believing in him, we can then get connected to God. So, and I, I think it was also when you're reading Isaiah, you're saying uh, the people, they didn't call out to me. And what I've realized is that you can only help someone who knows that they need help. You cannot help someone who thinks they are okay. <laughs> like, it's, like, when someone knows that they are sick is when they go to the hospital. You know, so I feel like one of the things that is blocking people from believing as well is that they don't realize how sick they are. Because if you knew how sick you were, you would come to Jesus and ask for the cure. But because the enemy has lied to us into thinking that, oh, we are good people, so, you know, we deserve to enter heaven because we are good, or we are good people, so we don't really need help. But I think the moment, like for me, you know, what changed my life was that I finally saw that I was breaking God's heart with the way I was living. I finally saw that my life was, the life that I thought was good was actually very, very wrong. And I didn't realize how bad I was living. And I think that is what the enemy tries to do. is He distracts us, he deceives us into thinking that our lives are actually good. When the Bible has already said that if you keep all the laws and you just miss one, you're as guilty as not keeping any of the laws at all. So I feel like, you know, once you know you're sick, a lot of the unbelievers that aren't able to believe is because there's pride in their heart. Because they believe that they are good. And the moment that pride is excused or the moment it is eradicated from their heart and they're able to see themselves the way God sees them in their sinful state, then there's like a light bulb that goes off in their mind. What do you guys think? Can I just add to what you read based on I found scriptures looking for? Because oh, I know sometimes if you read it, everybody gets an insight. You understand? It says um Second Corinthians three. Um um I'm checking where to since this new way gives us such you could always read the whole of Second Corinthians three. I don't like reading half up. I prefer read the whole thing, understand context, pre-context and everything. And all that but this part i'll just say um sorry guys um so it's it's um just it says the old way which with laws etched in stones led to death though it began with such glory that people of israel israel could not bear to look at moses face for his face shone with the glory of god even though the brightness was already fading away shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way now that the holy spirit is giving life Okay, this is what I'm interested. If the old way which brings condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way which makes us right with God? In fact, that first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new way. It says, so if the old way which has been replaced was glorious, how much more glorious is the new which remains forever? And since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. Yeah, I believe this is for people that are probably just always saying, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if I'm saved or blah, blah, blah. He said, well, okay, this is what I was paying for. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory even though it was destined to fade away. 
but the people's minds were hardened. This was what I was saying before. And to this day, whenever the old mm. covenant is being mentioned, yeah, the same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. Mm. But he's saying, and this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Mm. Yes, even today, when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with the veil and they do not understand. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, so seeing the importance, I think you understand, seeing the importance of believing in Christ, mm. it removes the blindness. It, I, that's another thing. The veil is taken away. For the Lord is spirit, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Most times we always think of the for, um, spirit, for where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. See, but forgotten that some of the parts before it was even juicier and had more truth in it in that that so all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the, of the lord and the lord who is spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image so it's a thing of it's not by your works it's believing mm. in christ and the veil is removed and then you become more and more like him. And then just to finish, the part of where it says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. If you see, hearing is a constant thing. Mm. It's not, um, what's the word? It's not, Christ has already done the work, you understand? It's saying Christ has fulfilled the law, you understand? So you are saved by grace. One thing I realize is sometimes we always just put grace to sin alone. Grace is, for you to be a Christian is deeper than so you don't sin. Mm. It's just for you to be a Christian, period. That's it. You understand? You believe in the finished work of Christ, yeah? You understand? And just be a Christian. That's the grace. Grace is just ability for you to do. Ability for you to be a Christian. That's it. Well, most times we just equate it to sin. So you do not sin. But it's deeper than that. It's for you to live as Christ lives. He has finished the work. So he's saying, I've done this. Walk the same way I walk. That's it. But it's, and then said, faith comes by hearing the word of God. Hearing is a constant thing. However, what we, I think this is to answer the second part because I just say, no one say, oh, we're not perfect, blah, 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 sin and blah, blah. We're not hearing the word constantly. So definitely, if you're not being tuned or you're not, your frequency is not the same as heaven or whatever, you're not going to be transformed. You're going to be, remain where you are. You understand? Even the Bible, when it says there's a part that says that, okay, there's a part you drink milk and then you start chewing bones. Some of us just want to keep drinking milk. You understand? When we're supposed to be graduating in terms of process and all that. Mm. So if you're not hearing the word, you're not feeding, but is the, how I explain it? It's not, how I explain it just to end. You can't, um, if you're not feeding yourself with the word, yeah, the world will help you feed yourself. Mm. You understand? So it will help you feed, feed yourself, you understand? Because it will bring what if you, if you're not, because the word tells you who you are. So you understand? And if you don't know who you are, the world will help you tell you who you are. That's where I'll stop. Thank you. Thank you, Osa. Appreciate it. That was, that was amazing. It, it brings us to the next question because you, you, you spoke about faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god and let me see if i can get it romans 1 there's a part in that romans 1 16 to 17 that it says um this good news tells us how god makes us right in his sight and this is accomplished from start to finish by faith and as the scriptures say it is through faith that a righteous person 
has life. And when you really think about it, right? Like when you have little kids as well, like how do they know that you are their parents? It's because they've heard your voice constantly over time. You know, how did you know that your parents were your parents? It's because, or when, when you just pick up the phone, you know who is on the other end. You know, when, when someone random, when someone is calling you to pay a bill or whatever, like, you, you're like, who is this? You know, but when you've spent time with someone, when you just hear their voice, even though we have 7 billion different voices, you can pick out of 7 billion voices which one this one belongs to because there is a relationship and because you've been hearing it over and over and over again and so i i believe that you know this faith like when it says faith comes by hearing that hearing is present continuous when you keep on hearing it will begin to build the faith that you need to believe that jesus christ is this is, is your savior you know so if, if you're currently thinking oh i don't believe that i'm saved is because maybe you haven't heard enough or you just need to keep hearing because for a lot of people, for me, I thought my salvation experience happened on March 5th, 2013. But really, it started way be- before that. And I was telling Noji about, because uh, there was a girl I was seeing, she was a Muslim girl. And, um, and you know, when, when I told her that, you know, we couldn't, that I'd given my life to Christ, what she said was, I should have known. Like, because she said the first time she entered my car, she saw a Bible on my dashboard she saw that I was listening to some ADME CDs. She saw CDs stacked up. You know, she was like, I should have known that this was going to happen. So the faith that I was building, it didn't just happen on the day where everything, where I believed. It had started building up over the months leading up to that. I was listening. It was chipping away at my heart, chipping away at my heart until one day it just came full circle. You know, so if, if, if you don't feel that confident you just need to keep hearing because at some point you will believe and OG is, you know, she, she likes entering the Greek and Hebrew meanings of words. I don't know if she wants to share about the belief because people always think, oh, belief, like, oh, I, I believe in Jesus now. But it's a, like when the Bible says belief, it's a different kind of belief. It's the belief that, that compels you to act on what you believe, you know um it's kind of like you have money in in your bank account if you know when you have money in your bank accounts you know when you you are not sure the belief that you need is the one way you know that you know that there's money in your bank account or that you know that you know that these are your parents or this is the voice that i've heard so yeah i just wanted to share that anybody else have anything to share Oh, gee, just put your mic. Do you want to say something? Um, well, I think I kind of lost you guys for a second. Um, sorry, what question are you on? Um, this is accomplished from start to finish by faith. What does, what does this mean? Like that faith that you need, like how do you build that faith? To believe in Jesus because the verse is saying that the, the belief that we need is accomplished from start to finish by faith. So how do we you know what does that mean? Kind of what I actually um wanted to say sort of like starts from the last question that we just moved on from 
um, which is in a way tied to this one. Um, talking about why people find it difficult to believe. And for me, I feel like it's because people believe in something that, think, that they think is better. Mm. And I'll explain. Um, a few years ago, I went to see a friend. And there was a mutual friend of ours that was at her place. And I can't remember what the conversation was about, but it sort of like ended up with us like, like dude, like why have you know, you know Christ as in you know. So like, what's the problem? And he's like, oh, that he'll give his life to Christ when he has finished enjoying life. And that's sort of like, I feel like a lot of people are of that mindset that they feel like Christianity is depriving them of something. So they believe, they just don't believe in. Mm. And it's a um, funny thing. I was reading Romans 1 this past week, and it was Romans 1.10 that sort of like um, jumped out to me. Let me quickly find it. Okay, no, it was Romans 1 8. Okay, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith, your trust, and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness is being proclaimed in all the world. Now, I don't know if I'm the only one that has heard this, but I keep hearing faith. Faith is an action word, it's an action word, it's an action word. But I felt like the Holy Spirit was asking me to dig deeper into that verse. And I realized that faith is actually a noun. It's not a verb. So it's not actually, it's not actually an action word per se. It's, it's actually... Uh, sorry, as Moewari said, I like digging into the Greek and Hebrew meanings of words. It's actually a noun that describes an animate object, as in an animate thing, which is really weird because, you know, you, the English, we have inanimate objects, we have animate objects. So inanimate objects are things that don't have life, but animate objects are things that have life. So most people would describe faith as, oh, faith is a verb because faith involves you doing something. But what it is, is that faith is a thing with life, and that life bears fruit. So that life, as in, so the, the you know that scripture that um, I think is somewhere in James, right? Um, I think it's James 2.26 that says, um, for just as the body without spirit is dead, so faith without works is, um, is also dead. So the works, in quotes, is the fruit of faith, if that makes any sense. Or am I just rambling on? But anyway, I'm, I'm getting to my point and I'll try to make it really quick. So taking it back to what Muiwa says, in the New Testament, there are three types of belief 
that has that that was mentioned but only one form of that belief like he said actually leads to salvation there's one belief that is basically just remorse as in remorse for wrongdoing so you've done something you feel bad about it but it actually it doesn't actually bear any fruit in the sense that it actually it doesn't lead to a necessarily lead to a change in anything and the funny thing is that that is the word that was used to describe the um sort of like the repentance that judas experienced you know like when he betrayed christ and when he sold christ in quotes and when he sold Christ in quotes and then he returned the coins, right? And then there is another type of belief that sort of like leads to a change in lifestyle. So, but your heart isn't really changed. You're just like, okay, let me, for whatever reason, maybe to conform or whatever, let me just leave a certain type of lifestyle. And now the fruits of belief in or faith in the finished works of Christ is um the repent that now that is a repentance that leads to salvation which is a both a change in your life but stemming from a change in your heart and in your mind the change that only the holy spirit can bring um about because there's a scripture i think it's in is it in james as well or is it in jude that talks about even the demons believing so the demons believe in jesus or rather they believe like the finished work of christ they just don't believe in it to save them if that makes any sense so yeah i just wanted to sort of like use that to clarify the points that you were making earlier about nice 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 Buki, your mute was do you want to say something oh no oh no okay does anybody else want to say something Um, so the beliefs, or like, is it like? Sorry, a story? Jerry, can you start again? I, I, you, you, you were cut out for a second. Oh, hi. Yeah, I was just asking. This, the belief, the three beliefs that you just um, spoke about. Now, is it? Do you go through it as like? Um, the three, or is it something that? You just go to the last one. It's something that you just go to the last one. Is okay. one is yeah. It's one. So which is like so which is sort of like alluding to a lot of what a lot of us had been saying about certain people that claim to be something, but there is no fruit to show that that is what they are. Certain things now. It's not like you you believe and instantly your behavior changes, right? But your heart changes. And it's not always sort of like a complete change. There's often a process. Obviously, there are certain things that, you know, there are certain things the Holy Spirit deals with there and then. But there are other things that it's a process because God is trying to grow the fruits of the Spirit in us through that process. However, like Muiwa mentioned earlier, when something happens or when we do something or whatever the holy spirit ministers to our spirit and we know that no this is as in this isn't 
it. So I think there's a scripture in First Corinthians, or is it Second Corinthians? In Corinthians, that talks about making a habit of practicing sin. I think by the time we get to the, by the time anybody is sort of like in the habit of practicing sin, I usually say, please go back and check your salvation as in check what you really believe what you self-examine yourself what you really 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 believe so like we've been saying it's not works that gets you to heaven however the works shows what you really believe because at the end of the day the works should be good works you know it should be in obedience to god by the leading of the holy spirit not dead works so if your faith is not bearing any fruits no matter how small because even think about it if you plant a tree like you plant an apple tree it's not today today that the the there will be apple as in so many apples on the tree it's a process you know but you know the tree is growing you see it's growing it's getting bigger the roots are um, getting deeper then one apple pops up another apple pops up and stuff like that yeah. I think I think that's a good illustration because I feel like a lot of things that discourages Christians is when they are not seeing the fruits immediately. Then they begin to doubt if there was actually a seed that was sown. You know, so when you think of how a tree actually grows, it should give you an illustration of how the tree because the Bible actually likens us to trees because we are expected to bear fruits and trees bear fruit. So we're actually trees. If you think of the miracle that Jesus did in, in, um, in one of the Gospels where he healed the blind man and the, guy, the man first said, I see men walking as trees. It's symbolic of how we are seen in the spirit realm because uh, we are literally trees who are bearing fruit. So the fact that and trees bear fruit in seasons, right? So it's a process. You know, the fact that you don't see fruits right now doesn't mean that there's no tree. It doesn't mean that there's no seed. It just means that in the right season, the fruits will begin to get uh, produced. Yep, so we're getting to the end of this one. I, I want it to be like two hours so that we don't, we, we, we can't do other things without weekend. Um, yeah, so, you know, what, like, what do you, what, what, what do you guys think so far? Like, you know, what, what, what has, has sort of stood out to you um, so far during this session? What did you hear that you probably didn't know before about um, salvation? Okay, I'll go. Um, it was actually something August said that actually, I know she's not here. Oh, oh no, not August, sorry, no. Oh, I can't remember her name. I think Chisum. She had um, on a yellow dress in her picture. Okay. I don't know. I just had Ogo's name in my head. Um, yeah, I think it was Chisum. I can't remember her name now. Um, there was something she said that basically reminded me of something I heard years ago. Um, and when she was talking about how the lives of a lot of people that call themselves Christian sort of like discourages other people. And it reminds me of this phrase that um, as Christians, we are the bible that other people are reading like some someone may never get to read a bible um in their lives but watching us should be 
sort of like like them le- um, reading the Bible. I can't remember the exact phrase, but that's what um, that's what it's sort of like meant. Um, so I think yeah, that was a really major takeaway, a major reminder for me. Um, anyways, yeah. Yeah, but I also think because um, I'm I'm very very wary of looking at other Christians in order to interpret what the Christian life is supposed to be. I go directly to the Bible because, I mean, when you look, because people fall every day. You know, we see pastors who have fallen morally and it has literally take, like, killed the faith of the congregation. You know, but when we understand grace and we understand that we are just men, we are men, men and women, like, we are prone to making mistakes. We are prone to falling when we don't have the right boundaries. You know, when men of God fall, it shouldn't really kill your faith. It should produce the fruit where we are trying to restore that person. And I feel like a lot of people, they're not like we don't read our Bibles ourselves. We rather focus on how people are living. That when those ones now don't live up to the standards that we've created in our heads, then it erodes our faith because Jesus Christ should be. The only standard because when we stand on uh, at the throne of judgment he's not going to say this church now let me judge you he's going to judge you personally so you you can't say oh because these christians weren't living right then it it killed my own faith and i couldn't believe in you like that is not going to fly so i i uh, i want to encourage that we read the bible ourselves directly and hear what god is saying for himself and allow jesus christ to be our standard um, okay, sir. I feel like I need to clarify. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. Um, no, 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 no. I mean, ju- no. Yeah, I no. Let me just clarify. Um, I was referring to unbelievers, and the scripture is um, when Paul was writing to the Romans. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith, your trust, and confidence in His power, wisdom, and goodness is being proclaimed in all the world. Um, so I think. I probably should have rephrased a bit that I feel like that was more an admonition for us because your average unbeliever in quotes is not going to read the Bible, Mm. but it is our faith that people often look at and be like, hmm, there's something different about this person. You don't necessarily have to, you know, there are people that they hear, oh, you mean what? This person has given his life to Christ. Ha, there must be something in there. Let me go and find out. Or they see somebody or they hear a testimony or whatever and they're like, mm, okay, I want to know more about your God. I want to hear more about this God. So it's more an admonition for us as Christians. Obviously, we're not going to be perfect. But just to generally live as much as it's being enabled by the power of the Holy Spirit to live life with the understanding that we are our brother's keeper. And by brothers, not just the Christian brother or the Christian sister, but our neighbors um, in the world as well, because where Christ's witnesses here on earth, really, they are, the average person is not going to read the Bible, but if we're claiming that Christianity is one thing and our lives are showing that it's something else, that is the hypocrisy that prevents a lot of people from coming to the church. 
Perfect. Thanks for sharing that. Anybody else want to go? We're, about, we're rounding up. So do you have any questions as we round up that you need clarity on? Nobody? Okay, so we're all safe now. <laughs> joking, joking. All right, um, so we've, we've come to the end. I, I, I wanted us to talk on application, but I don't know. Babe, what do you think? Like, how do we apply what we've just learned? Like, what does that look like in our relationships going forward? Because when you are genuinely saved, what does that look like in your relationship? You will not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. What? <laughs> what? I didn't hear that. No. Um, it rem okay. Bridget, I think my sister. Bridget. I didn't hear. What, what did she say? <laughs> what? Yeah, you will not be an Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Bridget, my sister. Carry on. Um, I think it was. Wasn't it? It was yesterday that we were watching that message by Pastor Mildred, and she was talking about marriage. And she's like, oh, that I think she saw a post on Instagram or something. Um from someone from her church that was i think the post was something like oh um, no one can tell me anything this marriage thing is by luck and she was like what that's in this david's christian center how can someone say that but as in she was like she just calmed down and was like because i think she had spoken about the sister before and she was like that's the sister that married an unbeliever now, there are certain things that you do that bear certain consequences. You plant an apple seed, it's an apple tree that you are going to, that's going to grow. You can't plant an um, apple seed and expect oranges. So I feel like, as in, and that is one of the fruits that we're sort of like talking about, that if you believe in the finished words, of Christ, you believe that the Bible is his word, like you believe everything, not that you are picking and choosing sort of thing, you believe the word of God, you basically just apply it to your life, you, you don't start thinking that God is denying you of um, something or he wants to keep something away from you or you know better, so I feel like, anyway, me, I'm always talking about marriage and relationships, so that's the, always the kind of example that you can hope to receive from me. Um, but yeah, I feel like that is, that is, that is definitely one, because another thing is that if you really, 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 really believe that that is the way that Christ is the way, like, what are you doing with someone who doesn't share that belief? What about your children? Like, if you believe that Christ is the way, how are you then going to ensure that, um, your children are on that path? Or at least you, you put them on that path if you're unequally yoked with somebody that believes something else. So, yeah. Can I add something here? Yeah? Yes, please. All right. So, another thing I want to say is, um, I think it goes beyond just not being equally yoked with unbeliever. Also, I like to tell myself not to be equally yoked with my flesh. Mm. All right. Because the, 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 the enemy within is mm. stronger sometimes than mm. what we experience in our environment. Mm. 
all right the power to fight that man apostle paul says i find myself doing some things that i do not want to do so we should learn to subdue the flesh by the power of the spirit and how can we do that it is by professor uh, professing christ as our lord and personal savior making sure that we read the scripture on a daily basis and that you have a communication with god on a daily basis through prayers and through the, the word of god mm. i have come to understand that the best way to have a personal relationship with the holy spirit with god with christ with god is by having making conscious efforts you have to make that conscious effort it's not enough to listen to um preachers go to church you know playing christian music and all that or even come to forums like this you must do something on a personal ground you must take it to the next step within yourself because it's if you listen to people talk over and over and over again it's just for the moment you get challenged for that moment but once you leave that place if you don't continue with that thing if you don't continue to feed your spirit being to grow above your physical being then you this flesh will subdue you again because the devil will manipulate the flesh and naturally the flesh also turns towards negativity so we should as christians it's very important that we learn to study the scripture on a daily basis like i tell myself you feed the spirit first before you feed the flesh so mm. i must wake up study the bible pray before i think of eating no matter the condition mm. i shouldn't do the other before because the spirit supersedes the flesh mm. and by so doing i think we would remain in track we will have we'll grow the person the spirit of god will grow in us increase in us and our flesh would decrease so that we can see God clearer, hear him clearer, clearer, and also follow him nearer. Hmm. Love that. Love that. Feed the spirit first before you feed the flesh. I love that. Um, and to be honest, this is why we read the Bible because when you go to church, they will, they will just tell you, read the Bible, read the Bible, but they don't tell you the why. And I hope that this, at least this Bible session has been able to establish why you need to do that. Just like what Ogo has said, you know, when you feed the spirit first before you feed the flesh, then you are you are signaling to your body that there is something higher. You are not being un, uh, unequally yoked with your flesh. And another reason why you need to read the Bible, I was telling Ojian, I think my sister as well, uh, last week, was that I was reading the Bible one day and I'm like, ah, like, the disciples, like they, they, they spent three year, three and a half years with Jesus Christ. They saw him do as in many miracles. They saw him speak. Like they, 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 they were with him. So how is it that when he died, Peter went back to fishing? Like how do you encounter someone for three years and then you go back to who you were before you met him? And I realized, and then the Holy Spirit sort of revealed to me that, you know, we need to have an encounter with the resurrected Christ in order for transformation to happen. When you're reading the Bible, when you hear, when you go to the church and you hear someone else's revelation, when you hear the pastor speak, yes, it's good. But when you when you read the Bible and hear him speak to you directly, it's like you're interacting with the resurrected Christ. Your life will be transformed based on that Rema word. 
Because people, when it says faith comes by hearing, yeah, the Holy Spirit just reminded me. When it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, it is not talking, the, the, the root word or the root meaning of that faith is not talking about the Logos word. It's not the written word of God. It's the Rema word of God. It's when God speaks to you through what is written. That is what actually changes you. So, please, it has to be a daily thing because if you feed your flesh daily, you need to feed your spirit daily. It's why even in the Lord's Prayer, it says, give us our daily bread. That bread there is both physical and spiritual bread. You know, we need, and he wants us to do ask for it daily. So we need to be in the word daily in order to see the real transformation that we're looking for. Johnny, you had something to say? Um, no, I was just going to um, hop on what I think Olga was saying and OG that it's not, I've realized in this, my work with God, I've had to cut off a lot of things and a lot of people. Mm. Like you, you already know this personally that I, I went off social media and stuff like that. And, you know, I realized that unequally yoked is not just with a spouse is friendship as well mm. like because the people i feel like the people you surround yourself with can either make you they can either pull you up or bring you, you down, down. Mm. so it's like that's why we we try to talk almost at least every day because that feeding of your spirit especially at this time when you know you are well me personally i'm trying to build that foundation with christ you know, I can't, I can't afford to, I can't afford to let the wrong message enter my ear mm. because I realize that when I'm, when I'm, actually what August said, like, you know, when you're listening, you're just listening to Christian music, you're doing this, you need to do more. Like when you're listening, when I'm listening to, or when I used to listen to all these other types of music and stuff, like even, even the way I talk changes mm. and now that I've tried to like cut all those things off, especially that power of social media, when you try to, when, when I've tried to, well, now that I've cut all those things off, I realize that even my speech is different. Even mm. the way I relate to my children is different. Even the way I pray, especially with talking to you, the way I pray is different. Because I think this whole, I don't know who, who said it. I, I, I don't know if Redonda told me, but it was, you know, you can either like, this walk with Christ, I realize it's not a middle ground thing because you are missing out on both sides. If you want to be in the world, mm. who could enter the world with your full chest and, you know, know that you are in it. If you want to be for God, enter with your full chest. But don't, when you are hanging in the middle and you are doing half for God, half, you are not enjoying any, any side mm. to the fullest. So you might as well just pick a side and run with it. And I think one thing I've learned, if it's so crazy how it's the last is the last like I, I already knew most of these things was the last um, thing that Ogo just said with you know it's a daily thing mm. like it is a daily thing because you know me I'm I'm zero or hundred when I well before if I don't read my Bible or if I wake up and I just don't feel like reading my Bible instead of me getting up and doing it the next day or doing it that evening I just be like well since I've already seen today let me just carry on in the sin and I will catch up with God another time. And that just leads to day two, day three, day four, day five. Next thing, I've gone a whole year, and it's like you've missed out on a whole year of getting of that relationship. Mm. So, but now, if I don't, I I know that okay, God still loves me regardless. Just pick up your Bible and read it the next day, and feed you, and move on from there. It's like going on a diet. If you ruin your diet that one day, 
me or before we just continue eating because <laughs> i'm ready let me just eat the five thousand five thousand calories and feel all right and not gym and you just end up adding the weight back mm. as opposed to just picking yourself back up the next day and starting over mm. or just carrying on so i think yeah just this this what i've learned from today's you know bible study is that daily relationship it's you, you actually have to, like you said, feed your, you have to feed your spirit man before you feed your body. Like if you can go eating, if you can eat every day and feed your body, why why not make that conscious effort towards, and I think it, it boils down to, oh, because we cannot see him, or maybe because of the grace mm. that and God we understand. Mm. But it's like, why, if you want, if you want that, if you are dating somebody, is how you spend time and how you, build that relationship that determines the strength and the longevity of the relationship. Mm. Not just, if I talk to you today, I will not talk to you for another one year and just expect that we are now in love. Mm. So I think that's, that's so, oh God, thank you, OG, like everyone that has spoken on this, this is, this has been a very beautiful, very, very beautiful experience. So yeah, that's just what I wanted to say. We thank God. Also, I know you want to go. Do you mind if we just allow Chris? Because we haven't heard from him. And then you go after Chris, please. Thank you. Okay. Um, so I I really wasn't talking. I was I was more of listening because I heard a lot of very strong things, which most of them I've heard before. But there was just something different about it. Now, for what August said, she, she it was it really cut me deep, you know. Because the truth about it is that you can. You can listen and listen, you know, you can, you, you, you hear a particular message that touches you. And then maybe for the next few days, you, in your mind, you're in the spirit, you're doing, you're, you're doing things, you know, and you're, you're happy. And then after a while, you're off, you're, you're off that train, you know. So it's, it's, it's a thing of, it's a thing of working, working. Faith without work is dead. You're working, you're working, you're working, you're working. It's, it's more or less taking every day as as a as an opportunity to be closer to God. Mm. You know. Um, now, now you, 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 the thing about feeding, in fact, it's something that I, I'm actually going to start. The whole you must feed your spirit before feeding your body. Because the truth about it is, if you were if you were told, okay, you may be all rounded um, physically, okay, you're big, you're buff you know, or you're slim, but then God now says, let me show you the stature of your spirit. Mm. How, 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 how do you, how do you think your spirit would look like in quotes physically? Mm. I know that doesn't, that doesn't make sense, but if you look at the analogy, mm. how would you see your spirit, the, the, the form of your spirit, if it comes out and, and you're looking at it with your eyes, would it be a, a malnourished uh, a being? Would it be, be something that, that is suffering from HIV, or is it, or is it a very fat? You, you understand. Mm. So that's why that whole thing of feeding the spirit first. Spirit, the truth is, the spirit comes first. Now, joy, joy is more like joy took from my mind. You know, that whole thing of of um, lukewarm is what I've been fighting for, fighting against, or rather, my I've been fighting it for years. I grew up with a Christian background, so parents, um, my mother, my mother was a, um, is a, is a, is a reverend, you know, so I grew up knowing, knowing Christ, I would say in quotes, 
chance considering. I was it was more or less finding myself in the middle where I'm not enjoying the full benefits of being in Christ and I'm not even enjoying the full benefits benefits of being in the world. Because when I go to the things of the world, I start getting guilty. So I'm not I'm not enjoying the in quotes, the enjoyment of the world. You know, and then in Christ, when people are talking about the experiences and revelations and how the Spirit is ministering to them, I'm like, what's going on? Is it that is it that um, my my spirit is a is a is a miniature that that the Spirit not that, that the Holy Spirit is not communicating to me? You know, so I um uh, it's that's why that's why I was very happy to hear all what has been said today, and I pray I pray God God for us to in quote act. On what we've listened to. Wow, awesome. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing, Chris. That, that was super packed. Um, also, thank you. Mm, do we still have time? Because I think everybody said everything. But um, I guess I'm just, I'm just like hearing the word of God, hearing the word of God. That's what's been like really elating and all, and all that. And then when I think of the word of God, I think of things like, um, by what have I hid in my heart that I will not sin against me? I think that someone will do that if it's really valuable to them. Study to show yourself approved, a workman um, that does not need to be ashamed and all that, rightly dividing word of truth. You understand? I think of things like, um, um, his um, delight is in the word of the Lord and he meditates on it day and night. Or this book of law will not depart from your mouth and all that. Um, so I see or let the word of God dwell in you richly so when I think of all those things and for example Psalm 119 where it where David talks about him delighting in God's laws how he loves the Lord your words delight unto my feet and light unto my path and all that it's the way I'll summarize it is just like when I say like the word becomes flesh it becomes the word became flesh I know yeah it was talking about in reference to God but there was a time that that part had like a revision to me in terms of and the word becomes you in that sense based on how much you have like you have delighted and you've, you've more like um you've panted for it you've there's a testing there's a longing like to an extent like if you do not it's more like there's something missing if you've not you've not studied if you've not spent time with god and all that and then um like when we mentioned about the revelation knowledge and all that in terms of not just reading it's more like life, like it's life in that sense. The word is life in that sense and all that. And then you're not you're not necessarily the same person. You're not necessarily the same person because um, the word has changed you in that sense. Um, so I probably just wanted to very quickly, because of time, for someone, just this Pauline prayer. I, I can't remember who was talking about it. Um, I yeah, think we were talking about it during talk about reading um, the authority of the believer and all that. And I just probably just said to pray like um pray for someone. I pray that your um um I have not stopped thanking God for you. I mm. pray for you constantly. Asking God the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ to give you spiritual wisdom um, mm. and insight so that you might grow in the knowledge of God. Mm. Um, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so mm. that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people Amen. who are his rich and glorious 
inheritance. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, I pray that you would understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. Um, so um, my prayer is just for someone in terms of that, like you get revealed, you understand, you grow in the knowledge of God. That's what I'm just praying for someone in that sense. And in terms of God giving you spiritual wisdom, in terms of gaining insight, like your hearts are flooded with light. So it's more like when you're reading his word, you receive light in terms of like no more darkness. You get an understanding, insight, deep insight, deep secrets and all that. Um, I said, um, I'm trying to remember scripture about abiding him in terms of you reveals deep secrets. Like you go into deep places, you you spend so much time. Like it comes a part where that like, you start delighting in it and you start enjoying it to to the extent that if you've not spent time with him, so mm. it's no more. It's more like you're getting to know him. You're growing in knowledge of him. You're getting to know him more and more. And it's not just like a routine where you just say, okay, let me just read my Bible so that okay, at least I can I can mark the calendar no it's not like a relationship where it is that you are knowing him and then you start seeing through because the word is like a mirror you start seeing the word exposes who you are who you currently are and who you are through god's eyes and who you can become in that sense and all that and then you become transformed to him um that's so that's my prayer for anyone who is probably struggling and um um, just struggling in terms of 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 growing in that sense. I hope it, I hope it makes sense to anyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. You. Definitely. Definitely. Thank you so much, Jose. Thanks for that prayer. Uh, I hope you guys were saying amen to it, man. Like that is the biggest. That like that Ephesians prayer has been the one I've been praying every single day, and it has like the word of God is literally coming alive in a new way in my heart. So. Please begin to pray that prayer so that you know you can begin to desire God more because that is the number one thing that that will lead to transformation. The moment's knowledge, because the Bible says my people perish for a lack of knowledge. So if you reverse it, my people live because they have knowledge. They are alive because they have knowledge of me. So just begin to pray that you know God will begin to reveal Himself to you through His Word in a new way. And you know, as we go on with these sessions, um I'm not sure how often we'll be having it. I'm hoping once every two weeks um, or once every week. I'm not sure. But, you know, definitely follow the, the, the club. Um, follow us on Instagram as well because we'll be giving you updates on when the next one will be. Definitely once every two weeks. But I'm not sure if we want to make it a weekly thing or not. I want to give you guys time to study so that when we come back together, you know, we have a lot of insights that the Holy Spirit has shared with us so that we can share it with, with each other. So I want us before the next one, so tentatively, uh, the next meeting will be in two weeks, uh, Saturday, 12 p.m. as well, Eastern time, 5 p.m. Um, Nigerian time. Uh, I want us to study Romans 1 and, you know, the whole of Romans 1, whatever sticks out to you, we'll come and discuss it. Um, at the next meeting. Sounds good? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I think Ossie has already given us the final prayer, but let's just say a quick prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank Sorry, you. Sorry, one second before yeah. we do the closing prayer. Um, so, you guys... Okay. Hmm. Please follow us on Instagram or 
if you don't want to follow us, that's fine. But there is a mailing list on there. I think it's the link in our bio. During the week, um, I actually want to say, I was going to talk about it, but because there's no time, I will probably send a newsletter to everyone that has signed up with um, a Bible study tip. You're going to find it extremely useful and extremely impactful, believe me. Um, so if you want that, so please go to the link in our Instagram bio and sign up or the Bible study newsletter, and during the week, you'll get the email. Okay, you can pray. Perfect. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. Thank you for this session. Thank you for your light that you've just flooded our hearts with during this Bible study. Um, we ask, O oh Lord, that for everyone who is struggling, everyone who is challenged to you know, study and to desire you more, Lord, Father, we just ask, O oh Lord, that you enlighten them that you flood them with your light flood their hearts with your light lord help them to desire to know you more lord in jesus name uh we ask oh lord that as we've heard your word will not just be hearers but doers of the word as well we ask oh lord that the the true heart transformation that is needed to believe in christ that will give us the assurance of our salvation the assurance that the holy spirit lives on the inside of us that you give unto us lord in the mighty name of jesus for those who are not clear, who do not know whether they, they they will be saved or not. Father, we ask that you give them that assurance and confidence that they need, that the Holy Spirit lives and abides on the inside of them, Lord, that they will come to believe that you are their personal Lord and Savior, that that what you, you died to give us, that it will become available to them, Lord, in Jesus' name, that their eyes will be opened, the eyes of their understanding will be opened to see what is already theirs. Because the moment we know that it is ours, that is where the change comes. We ask, O oh Lord, that as we go through our week until the next meeting, Lord, that Father, your, the seeds that have been sown in this meeting will stay in their soil. That will, it will stay in their hearts. And it will begin to produce fruit in due season, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining, guys. Two weeks, please, every day, remember what August said, feed your spirit before you feed your flesh. And we'll see you guys in two weeks' time. Have a great day. Enjoy your weekend. Same to you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.